Welcome to yet another episode of Discuss All Monsters. Today, we're going to be talking about the movie Atragon, or as it's known by many different names across the globe, the Undersea Battleship, or Kaite Gunkan, uh, the Giant Dragon Manda, Atragon, <laughs> Ataragon, uh, in French, Agent number four of the Submerged Empire in Spain, Atragon, the Supermen of the Seas in Greece, Atoragon, the Atomic Super Submarine in Mexico, and U-2000, Descent of Horror in Germany. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. See, we finally, like I said, this gag is right, paying yeah. off. We're getting some <laughs> we're getting some weird names and okay, so before we get into it, why don't we introduce ourselves? I'm Wyatt, I'm your regular host, and uh uh it's 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 me yet again. It's it's Nikki, uh the person that what does the uh, uh Explosion Defeated channel. Yes, today we're gonna be talking about Atragon nineteen sixty three, uh very underrated and under uh, looked at movie in the Toho Pantheon. Uh it's Kind of anything that isn't Godzilla or related to the big Godzilla monsters is kind of like underlooked. So you have to like dredge up some really deep history to uh, figure out what the hell's going on there. And honestly, I couldn't really find right that much history uh, for this. So this might be a shorter episode too, because uh, not to get too into it right away, but it is a pretty straightforward yeah movie in a lot of ways so there's really not much to talk about i mean there's certainly not with like characters or anything so yeah why don't we before we get into any of the history stuff though why don't what's your first impression like how do you feel like just um after watching the movie today atricon feels like it's very much uh in the same vein as some of the other non like monster centric films uh, it kind of feels like, I mean, Matongo is kind of out of the running on this one, but it kind of feels like an advancement of what they've been building for like Mysterians and Gorath and uh, so on. And this feels like a pretty, uh, pretty big like culmination of that in a lot of the themes and a lot of the stuff that they've been like touching on for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's I think it's a good film. It, it's it, like it's it's fun uh reasonably and there's like some really impressive special effects and uh i feel like in hindsight on my end uh i'm seeing some some subaraya isms that are pretty interesting here uh but yeah it's just on first blush i think this is an interesting movie more than it is like a you know holy shit like type of movie you know but how, how do you feel about it well my some of my first impressions uh like this is one that i hadn't really ever seen and I kind of like didn't really care about because I'm like, oh, Manta, he just psh, cares about him. He just appears in freaking destroy all monsters for a quick cameo, whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, and he freaking appears in this movie for a quick cameo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was more engaged than I thought it would be. And I agree with you that it really does feel like kind of a combination of 
like the stuff with Gorath and the Mysterians and everything. Even a, yeah. a little bit of Mothra with less racism in it. Less, but not not completely eradicated. <laughs> yeah, there's still the yeah, but we'll get into it. But you know, uh, but I guess the best thing that I can say about this movie, like right off the bat compared to something like the Mysterians is in the Mysterians, we were like kind of back and forth, whether or not like, okay, is this movie kind of like xenophobic or nationalist or whatever, or is it being like positive towards like teaming up with people and like doing all that. And it it was at the end of the day, I think they meant well, but it was just like mixed messaging Whereas this, they're pretty clear as far as, like, they literally have, like, a nationalist Japanese dude with a with a rising sun flag, and he's, like, an asshole. Like, they treat him as, like, a person who is wrong in the movies, and there's, like, some fudging of that, right? There's some things that I, I guess I wish would be taken further, but, like, for the most part... It's very clear that this movie is something that was made to like be a critique of nationalism. And that's partly because uh, it was based on a novel from the 1900s uh, that, that was about much of the same. But the the big drill that went and destroyed a fucking other civilization was seen as like, oh yeah, this is cool. Japan fucking rules. Fuck yeah. Whereas... In this, it's okay. The the Gotengo, the ship, was made to be a war vehicle for the Japanese military. But like twenty years had passed, and they're like, "God, dude, the war's over. Uh, we need this to save the world." So you know, getting a little bit ahead into the plot of the movie. But again, this is going to be a broader episode. Yeah, there's little changes like that uh, from this novel to twist it from being like literally just nationalist to being like more sympathetic, you know, more like or more critical of nationalism. It's kind of like in a way the various remakes of King Kong where it's about colonialism and it's about, you know, King Kong is a representative of like a person who has been captured from a native culture and then like paraded in front of a bunch of white people in New York uh, right, as they yeah. clap and cheer for him. And like how despicable that is. Uh, but of course, it was still the 30s. So, you know, there's still some problematic elements to it. Ironically, I would say the 2005 movie has the most problematic version of Skull Island out of all of them. But, yeah. you know, either way, like the ver- various editions af- of King Kong after the original try to like take that colonialist message and, and make it a little bit more apparent or I don't know, just completely fucking remove it entirely like they did <laughs> right. with Skull Island. Yeah. Uh which is fine. That you know, the movie's fun. We'll we'll get to it in like five years when we're <laughs> when we're at that stuff. So just wait for that. As far as history goes, you know, uh only other things to really point out are well this was going to be the uh New Year's film for them. Mm. Uh, and it was the year of the dragon. So they decided to celebrate as such by making oh. uh, Manda into a dragon. It was also rushed because they had to get it out for that time. So that's why uh, a couple famous bloopers happened. Right. That we'll get to. But yeah. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you take us away and, uh, you know, 
get us started and uh like just your just thoughts you know what are some right. more specific granular thoughts yeah. about this movie so uh I, I first off i really like um or i think i appreciate compared to the other films how quickly this one gets started like it, yeah. it kind of doesn't take any time before some kind of action happens you know where where the the first agent guy like just crashes a fucking car off of off of some water there's like a girl in a bikini in the first like five minutes like it's very quick to just like (laughs) all right here's a bunch of shit to just keep your attention and it felt like a purposeful thing to just like oh no just make it as like sensational as possible for for folks watching and Mm -hmm. um oh no i i think it's 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 interesting this movie kind of uh felt like a couple like like two movies kind of happening at the same time uh yeah. but, but not so much in a bad way where they kind of had like one story that was a bit more personal that does in all honesty kind of feel a bit half-baked with uh yeah. the uh with the whole um captain's daughter thinking captain's dead and then they go and like find him on this fucking like island um, yeah. with, with everybody and he's like made basically like the super battleship yamato uh <laughs> to, yeah. uh to, to, to super fuck up all the enemies and stuff and they're like dude the, the the war ended 20 years ago and he's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a nationalist right now and stuff you, yeah. you can't you can't you can't stop me and uh his turn later kind of uh it feels a little too quick for me i i, I would have liked for them to kind of like really kind of belabor that point some more yeah but i agree. I, I, I but i appreciate where they went with it because uh at first like i saw a, uh, <laughs> i saw a rising sun flag and i was like all right they better do something with that <laughs> like that better not just like be there <laughs> and, and, and just like be ambiently like there in the background like i really hope that they uh they have a point here uh, and yeah, I appreciate that this is a lot more cutting than the Mysterians. Like, I feel like even yeah. if the, even if the Mysterians like actually was doing the charitable reading that we were giving it, it still like wasn't like it was it was like weaker uh, than it should have been on that point. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a lot stronger on that point. Though I mean, there's also like the optics of the ending of the film being them like rushing into like this old civilization and just like. <laughs> yeah exactly gunning down these natives with like uh ice guns and shit and like the thing is like i hate like this is like a tradition that we always bring up every time there's like every time i'm one of these like non-godzilla films and stuff but i feel like i'm gonna say i'm not so much gonna say that this should have been like that this feels like an ultra q episode or an ultraman episode but i feel like this show uh, uh, sorry this this movie would have been better executed as a short TV show where the kind of really like play up the drama and play up certain aspects of it. Cause I feel like this is like probably my biggest like hot take, I guess on this film is that the world building is almost too good for just this movie. Yeah. Uh, that I wish that they were able to do more with it uh, over a longer period of time. Cause like, there's like like the, the, there's cool ass ideas that they have here like like I don't know just just oh okay so your your father is not dead he is actually out there somewhere and we know where he is because we got one of his guys and it's like oh wait okay so now he's on this island but he built like the most incredible ship ever but he's racist and so like that's a lot there <laughs> and it's like too much for like a ninety minute film and then at the end with um 
the like empress that they take they there's like nothing they do with that like they just yeah, like take her for like almost no reason i don't know why she, she was even introduced and, as a character like yeah yeah and then she just goes and dies at the end for like no reason and and the ending does feel a bit too callous to me where it's like yeah. yep we fucked them up good job guys and then like yeah, she can... and then she's like my people and then she goes and swims to her death and they're like yeah just let her go she's got to go to her people now and it's like guys <laughs> this is a bit much <laughs> you can tell that it was rushed like you can tell that they right. like yeah you know had to rush this out i think that like here's the thing right mm-hmm. with the the whole like the Mu empire which is a sticky wicket i will say like it's probably the stickiest wicket because like yeah the stuff with the right-wing nationalist guy, I think it's very... Even if, like, they don't do as much as they can, they're very clearly, like, critical of it. Yeah. And, like, I wouldn't really expect anything else because it's always been critical of nationalism in the sense that, like, that was the first movie. Godzilla was all about that. You know, yeah. they've always kind of had that tint to it, which is why I wanted to give a more charitable read to mysterians because i'm like these i don't think that i think it's just maybe you know they're making it in the late 50s and they didn't realize how xenophobic it comes off as right yeah (laughs) yeah at the end of the day with this though like the mu empire is like the mysterian but like i don't know i feel (sighs) with the mysterians they're like alien invaders yeah like aliens from an advanced civilization and they're coming to colonize the planet or like and they want to like uh have sex with the japanese women and everything and that's weird but you know we won't get into that you can listen to our episode on that right yeah if you want to get into our thoughts on that where we talk about exactly how weird it is yeah you know there's the angle of like okay these are this is like a, a race that's you know from a more advanced culture and it's trying to destroy like these people that are the natives of this planet so it's like a you know, against colonialism in that kind of way. Right. The And it's the whole world that teams up together to stop the Mysterians. Whereas, like, the whole world, like, laughs at the idea that there's a Mu Empire. Then when they start to take it seriously, they all, like, die. And then, like, it's just up to Japan and Nationalist Man uh, with a giant drill thing to go and destroy the Mu Empire. Which... Once again, I'm going to be charitable and say I don't think that they meant for it to be like, don't worry, Japan's got this. Of course, it was our great World War II engineering and like Yamato Damashi that saved the day. I think they genuinely meant it to be like, you know, a thing of like, look, you have to look past your pride in your nation and use this weapon that was meant to harm other nations on earth to save the world from like this impending threat right but then there's the pendulum swing of like well moo they're like kind of like a native culture <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah the pendulum swing is like oh yeah it just so happens that this threat is also a nation on this planet <laughs> that, 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 you yeah. know like yeah <laughs> but then again they're like okay but they're there are people, they're like, oh, yeah, the, all the cultures around Earth, there are colonies, you know? So they're, like, painting them as, like, this, like, uber-civilization, like, right. that they colonized the entire rest of the planet and that, like, they were struck down by the gods and right. that's why the continent is suck, sunk and everything, you know, because they're hubris. Exactly yeah. the same. It's something like Atlantis for us Westerners. I, I, I do like that dichotomy, though, like, that you can pretty much draw a straight parallel line 
with uh the Mu Empire and the the nationalist general guy uh yeah. because they're both people that were that are out of touch with the past and they're still dwelling on what they had and what they were doing in the past so the general guy and all of his dudes and everything they're all like all right yeah fucking hell yeah we're going to be imperialists because that's what we were doing 20 years ago and we're still stuck on it and we spent 20 years to make this you know, masterpiece of engineering to uh, continue to be imperialist and stuff, but also the new empire is like, we used to own this fucking place. Yeah. Be, this place being the planet. And so this used to be our fucking turf. So like, yeah. you know, now we're going to come back. So, so it's kind of more than anything else, like critical of people that are out of touch with reality, out of touch with like what's yeah. in front of them with out of touch with progress, which, yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at is that yeah. like, I can see the reading of it. I can see how this movie can come off as like, oh, there's these evil natives from yeah. this primitive culture that's like attacking and then we have to hold up with our superior technology and defeat them. But like, I think the more, like what was intended is right. more or less that like the Mu Empire is wrong for being a culture that like wants to reclaim the, you know, like so much time has passed, like literally thousands of years has passed and they come up and they're like, what the fuck? There's all these people here. Fuck these guys. We're just going to kill them. And we're going to take our, you know, uh, place black back. This is something that's, it's a little bit of a reoccurring trope in like sci-fi. I mean, it's even in something like, turn a gundam where the whole conflict of that is that like the people on the moon like they come and fight all the people on earth because they're you know they've been separated for so long yeah and there you have these people in the super advanced moon civilization coming down and killing like victorian era like u.s america just fighting all these people with crappy like biplanes from like 1910 yeah and that's all they have like i think that it's it's like that it's less like with mothra where there's just like weird creepy natives or whatever like with king kong versus godzilla which was way worse about it uh than mothra was it's probably the most like least bad i guess of a depiction of like native cultures that we've gotten from toho so far because like they're not seen as like big idiots and like fools with inferior technology or anything and the japanese people have to teach them how to act and whatever they're like yeah they're styled after like egypt and things like that but uh they have like the super advanced technology they have like a fucking underground sun they you know but they also pray to a giant snake god right yeah uh so it's it's a more interesting setting than we've gotten more okay with them being like seen as like antagonists because of the way that the film tackles it it just does it in such a slapdash way that it's like yeah it's it can't like this movie kind of can only come out in the middle like there's it's not like the worst it's but it's not really close to any of the best either it is like right there in the middle i'd say like probably right below stuff like gorath like right with the mysterians because i think Gorath is such a fucking cool premise right that even if it takes a very long time to get to it uh it's just you know it's just a really cool premise of like oh there's a giant thing going towards earth we gotta move earth out of the way and and and, and Gorath's like ending 
has like some of the most impressive special effects work that like this <laughs> that the <laughs> this series of Toho films has had yet. Speaking of, I feel like we can pivot to Subaraya for a second because I feel like there was probably part of him that was stuck on this movie, uh, like for years to come. Because I feel like, like I don't want to read too much into or, or, or like assume too much out of him. I almost got the impression after you know with with Ultra Seven behind me that he may have also have seen some of the uh, missed opportunities with this concept. Because whenever you get to Ultra Seven, you will see there are two episodes, yeah. both of which I actually bring up in my video, or I. At least one of which, one of them being uh, an episode where an, uh, a bunch of aliens pretty much resurrect the Yamato battleship from under <laughs> the sea and Ultra 7 has to fight the Yamato. And it's like pretty on the nose as, a, as like a as like a criticism of that whole like of, of that symbolism uh, of, yeah. of it being like an imperialist like you know touchstone. Uh, and then also there is an episode late in the series about the non-malt who whenever you watch the episode bear a very similar resemblance I mean, they're still they look like aliens and they are aliens but you know like like you do in ultra but they are in concept very similar to the moo in this movie like very similar <laughs> except they are way more overt about it and it's way more critical of the destruction of that empire and of that uh civilization like to the point where like the the non-malt uh just to kind of give away the episode a little bit part of the whole conceit is that the non-malt come up from the sea and they're like you guys back eons ago took this from us we used to like we were the aliens of earth but not anymore <laughs> because you guys evolved to the level where you could push us out and then now we're just in the sea is that but we like we used to be like the earth aliens then they're basically you know like almost to like dan's dismay they are just completely squashed by the ultra guard and it is like a pretty like like sobering like fuck man like scene in the series where it's yeah. like holy shit like they they had no like remorse for this and that's something I feel like is just a way stronger version of what happens here with the Moo. And I feel like Subaraya maybe lingered on it and stuff because also there's also the show that he considers to be his magnum opus, Mighty Jack, which is basically just a cooler, more badass version of the Atragon, where it is a sub that turns into a jet and fucking it's like the coolest thing ever you know it was like literally made to like make kids like go fucking batshit over fucking model kits and stuff and <laughs> and like and that is like super Ryan's favorite thing he's ever made is is this like 12 episode show where like every episode is like an hour long where they they are just on this sub like there's nothing really too sci-fi about it it's more of like a spy show uh which is basically what ultra 7 was like almost basically so it just feels like Atragon is like this weird genesis point of Super Eye being like, and it may have been like part of the breaking point, the production of this movie and how rushed it was. All right, I'm going to make my own thing and I want to do what I want to do. And Super Eye is like, I'm, I'm going to go solo and have like this whole studio and stuff. And I feel like in a lot of ways, Atragon is a turning point in our journey here where we are going yeah. to be pivoting from Toho kind of spitballing every movie and we're going to be going to like a consistent vision uh centered mm -hmm. around 
a few different characters uh, being the monsters. Uh, yeah. One in particular. Right, yeah. yeah. You guys might, maybe you at home might know his name. Right. Chris, what's the War Rocket Ajax podcast about? Well, Matt, if we were smart, it'd be about murders, but it's actually about comics. War Rocket Ajax, it's not about murders, but it is weekly on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Video Death Loop is a podcast where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. You can jump in on any episode, no need to worry about continuity. Check out Video Death Loop on the Greenlit Podcast Network with new episodes every Friday. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was really interesting because I was watching the movie and I was like, holy shit, I'm like seeing Subaraya almost get frustrated with this process and go, all right, yeah, I'm doing my own shit. Because like only what, like this is 63, like so only three years later, you know, would he split off. And I feel like maybe yeah. this would have been part of his like, hmm, maybe I should, especially because Atragon, uh, th- that ship, that sub gets so much focus and it is a genuinely fucking like incredible prop like yeah, the, the way that sure. drill works and stuff it's like it is a very like that is a subaraya ass thing and i i feel like he definitely would have been very fucking jazzed about getting that made um so we talked a bit about the atragon or gotengo whatever you want to call it yeah but how about we talk about the monster on yes. this discuss all monsters yeah. episode like how, how do you feel about mondo <laughs> yeah well because i guess i'll give my my thoughts first because you you've been talking yeah, but like go for it i think i think manga manda is pretty interesting as like a monster design because like so far we've got we've got dinosaurs in the like t-rex and like you know a pterodactyl sense and you know we've gotten something as weird as mothra where it's like a giant moth thing i'd say manda is pretty close to mothra as far as like concept but like it shows just how much like the charm and like strength of the story of mothra elevates that character's very brief appearances yeah to make it really do feel like a huge build-up and then payoff yeah. whereas like since there really isn't that like there's like a premise to atragon but the story isn't like super strong and like the characters aren't very strong they mention manda a couple times near the beginning of the film and then like we then see him but it doesn't feel like they're like summoning a fucking god that's invincible and will strike them down especially because the second he shows up they just kick his ass. Just... <laughs> yeah, the Atragon is like stand a chance. Yeah, the Atragon's too badass for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's less like they're like they're uh, on. It's like it's less that they're like uh, summoning this this giant god, 
and more of like they let the they let the rabid dog loose. They're like, all right, go get him, boy, <laughs> and stuff. And like, yeah, it wraps around the the the, uh, the atragon. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like I've not really seen that and stuff. And then like they're like, all right, electrify the hall. It's like, wait, it can do that. And then like it's over. <laughs> and they shoot it with the fucking zero cannon and shit. And like, oh man, it, it's it, it's really good. Uh, I I like Monda too. Monda is like. Manda is another one of, and Atragon is another one of those movies like Gorath, where, okay, both movies do not even have the monster's name in the title, and yep. they are both movies uh, where I made my funny joke with Gorath, where it's like, <laughs> hmm, where is the monster? Discuss all monsters, where monster? What, what, where are they? Because uh, I was really wondering, it's like, okay, where the fuck is this guy, though? <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I was looking at my watch and shit, um, and I do love the scene where like he gets his like proper introduction where like uh the two dudes uh which is Serizawa and then Kenji Sahara with a horrible beard like like yeah. like he might as well like for the entire movie before that point where he was like revealed to be an agent uh which like you could tell because he was like in a trench coat and sunglasses like yeah, he might like... as like he might as well have been like wearing those glasses with the giant nose and the mustache and shit like <laughs> He's like, oh no, I'm not. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> uh, but like, they come in there, and so they're just like, behold, our monster, Monda. And then Monda like seems like bothered. Like, like he turns around and like looks through the like window, and he's like, how about you, Monda, your own business, huh? I'm trying to fucking sleep here. Is <laughs> it so, like? It's just so weird. He doesn't like seem like he's jazzed about like yeah. protecting them. This it, it's like having a weird dog they don't take care of, you know. <laughs> this is a, this is a weird comparison, but uh, at the time of the recording last yeah. night, I just watched an episode of Ultraman. Right here we are again with Ultraman yeah. with this monster Giras, who is literally just Godzilla, Godzilla yeah. but with a fucking frill and some yellow paint on him. Yeah. And there was like a scene identical to in Atragon where like the characters are stuck in a prison and then like the scientists like behold the monster and like they opens up a like gate yeah. or something to show so they could see like out into the lake to see the monster to like oh yeah. my god there it is so i guess maybe that's another point of like i don't know i think there's something cool about like teasing the monster before it right. actually shows up S- i just wish he did anything other than wrap around the ship which was cool get his ass uh, kicked <laughs> but but then he <laughs> it isn't like oh there's like epic clash where he's no. like dodging the ice bolts no like the second they start firing the ice beam at him he's just yeah. like ah well i'm dead now yeah whoops yeah it, like he, he it's 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 more like dealing with like an annoying like vermin more than like a fucking <laughs> dragon it's a dragon like yeah like, or like jesus like they're god too like they're yeah. like talking it up and they're like singing a song to summon it just for like, for, like for like 30 minutes like there's like <laughs> it's really long it's really funny that like yeah it doesn't really get that. it's cooler than the walrus and gorath though i will give it that because yeah. the walrus <laughs> is like nothing it's just a fucking walrus but like uh actually also like oh man like like <laughs> Both of them literally just get killed. Like they show up and it's like, oh fuck. <laughs> oh, I'm dead Die. now. I'm dead anyway, now. Yeah. That's over. Yeah. Uh but uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not not much to say on the monster front. Yeah, like after that, like uh aside from that, like I I don't know, like is there is do you have any other points to get through? I feel like we've <laughs> no. covered it, really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I kinda covered it. We we seem to be pretty mellow, uh 
on the movie. Though yeah. I'd say like it's more, it's pretty, it's worth watching. Yeah, I'd say it's no. definitely worth watching because there's some really cool special effects. Oh, the one thing mm-hmm. uh, we should bring up right. is that there was a when the Mu Empire starts to attack at midnight. Right. There's a scene where they blow up a lot of Tokyo, and it right. was supposed to be like a gradual explosion, but the car pulling the model set went too fast and knocked it all over at once. <laughs> so Tsuburaya took this calamitous disaster and was like, wait a second, with the power of editing, yeah, I can make this look like it's happening gradually. Yeah. And he also cut in some stock footage from Mothra to make it look more like the city's like falling apart gradually. And it is a really cool looking scene of yeah. like just this entire city just fucking caving in and falling apart because of the Mu Empire attacking. So you know, like the the way that he saved that calamitous disaster is exactly how it feels to be editing audio uh when I'm trying to to, <laughs> to, to make my videos. So I, I get it. Yeah. I, I get it, AG. Yeah. Like, oh fuck, I gotta make this work. I also wanted to uh-huh. mention, I don't know if you feel this way. I don't know if you were like I don't know, you probably weren't, like, get privy to this, but, like, do you ever, do you feel something about Ikifube's score in this movie? Um, I mean... Because, <laughs> because the theme of this film is, like, almost a Godzilla theme. It's, like, so I close know. to... Okay, it kept annoying me, because I kept being like, <laughs> okay, just play the Godzilla theme if you're gonna fucking do this. Like, it's so close. <laughs> they just transpose, like, a few notes here and there. But, like, I kept being like, oh, dude, I'm, like like finishing the godzilla theme in my head while i'm watching this and it's just it's not like it. a, it's like the royalty free version of the <laughs> yeah. godzilla theme like yeah. like if they couldn't get the rights to the yeah. godzilla theme in like a a game or something yeah. like this would be what they'd play <laughs> i had i had to look it up if, if ikafube did this and he did but like i swear to god if you told me that this was someone else and they told them just do what ikafube does and he's like well i mean <laughs> i mean might as well and so but like no it's just him phoning it in on this on the score i'm gonna call him out ikafube you, you could have done a bit better uh because it was genuinely annoying <laughs> they use that theme a lot like that yeah like 100 times throughout the movie so <laughs> but 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 yeah i think that about covers it um i very much recommend it if you're following along with the show and you want to watch it as kind of like a book club thing, it's on Internet Archive as, as all of these are. All of these movies we've talked so far are on the Internet Archive. And I also recommend it for people that want to be like Subaraya scholars, because I think this mm-hmm. is a very interesting movie if you're a big fan of Showa Ultraman. Um, yeah. because For the reasons that I said uh, earlier uh, i think it is honestly like a pretty fascinating movie when you just think about ag like in the in the context of all this but other than that you know it's a pretty it's a pretty good movie it's probably you know it's mid-tier so far but yeah i don't know this, this feels like a turning point it feels like we're definitely going to be going into new yeah. ground with uh, the the movies henceforth so uh this is kind of the end of like the first era of discuss all monsters it feels like yeah season one yeah over. season one ish season one point or like point five or something i don't know like are are we like halfway through showa now or just like hmm. a third or something like how many <laughs> show fucking movies are there <laughs> I, think, I think we're close to halfway yeah because there's still a few more like ones that aren't godzilla i mean right. let, let's just be frank most of it's going to be Godzilla from this right, point on. Right, it will be. Like, that's the big turning point. Yeah. But, like, there's still, like, 
a couple ones. There's like Dogura or whatever. Yeah. There's um, Space Amoeba, uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World, War of the Gargantuas, right. uh, King Kong Escapes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. So those those are all ones off the top of my head. I believe those are the only ones that are right left that aren't Godzilla movies. And then yeah. the rest is just... I mean, we've only talked about three Godzilla movies, which is crazy to think about because right. we've been doing this for so long now. Yeah. I mean, at the time that this is coming out, it's almost been a year. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've been doing this. So, yeah. Uh, but next, to celebrate episode 12, our one year right. of doing this, uh, we'll be doing Mothra versus Godzilla. So Hell yeah. Uh, in that from my memory is a very good movie. So I'm very excited to yeah. get to it. I'm, I'm and stoked. To like see, I'm, I really want to see how it takes the Mothra story, but does it differently. Right. Uh, than the movie Mothra. Yeah. Cause, Cause she gets top billing here. This is technically a Mothra sequel. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. Godzilla is the, like, remember like Godzilla fell into obscurity after the second movie. It was King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. And then Mothra versus Godzilla. I mean, it isn't until Godzilla versus the sea monster that he gets top billing because every other movie is still just like not, I mean, Ghidorah, the three headed monster. Right. Yeah. Invasion of the Astro. Yeah, they're not titled like after that, him. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes a while for Godzilla to become the true star, but it's starting now. So. All right. And uh, yeah. uh, why? how about you tell the good people where they can find you and what you're doing and all that. So you can find me at twitter.com slash wasbranger, W-A-Z-P ranger. Uh, I talk a lot about the cartoons. I talk a lot about, uh, you know, tokusatsu, things like that, of course. Uh, I'm just a general, I just post whatever. Who knows what I'm posting at this point? I certainly don't, but you will if you follow WAZP Ranger Waz Ranger at Twitter.com. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's only magic where I do videos about cartoons. Very similar to Nikki's videos, uh, but they're about cartoons this time. At this point, I have some pretty good episodes out. I don't want to say what they are because I don't know when this is going to come out necessarily from when I'm recording this. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'll just say, Gurren Lagann episode should be a huge banger. <laughs> Thumbs up on that one. Uh, you know, I've got some good ones on Megas XLR. That's another one of my favorites. My first video on OKKO, OK people really like that. And the one on Clarence and Craig of the Creek. Yeah. So, those are some good ones if you want to sample some of my content. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I got going on. So, why, why don't you tell us about yourself, what you've going on what you've got going on <laughs> on on explode when defeated well, well what i've going on is uh <laughs> uh if you're listening to this on spotify just type in explode when defeated into youtube and you'll find me and i do video essays on the tv uh series that prop up the tokusatsu genre uh mostly um ultraman uh super sentai and common rider uh though Every now and again, I get into some different stuff like Garo or, you know, something else. And aside from that, uh, there's this show uh, that you can get into and uh, subscribe to on, you know, the, 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 the streaming platform that you choose or just wait for it on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash explode when defeated, uh, where 
uh, we are offering some things uh, uh, for you if you're uh, if you want to become a patron and uh, support this show and make it bigger and badder and just more dangerous than ever before. And uh, yes. <laughs> as well as you'll be getting a exclusive podcast on Patreon called This Is Not a Tokusatsu Podcast, where me and Wyatt talk about some cool art and some cool uh, uh, things we're getting into uh, every week or every two weeks. And by the time you're hearing this, we should have another podcast, uh, which might be a bit yes. overkill, uh, but we're going to be doing a mini-series uh, under uh, under the umbrella of the Explode and Defeated podcast about the 1971 Common Rider series. The original series, it should be like a, around a 10-part series of video, yeah. uh, of uh, podcasts and we go through and, and journey through the first original Kamen Rider series uh, and Kamen Rider is something that's very important to both of us and uh, uh, it'll be a fun oh, yeah. thing to do Other, aside from that you can follow me on Twitter at anti underscore laser and I think that should do it so yes join us next time as we finally get into the thick of it with a thick boy named Godzilla and his friend of many colors, Mothra, in Mothra vs. Godzilla. See you there.